When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Tuesday, June 1st, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoinsy, the Indians, they split the doubleheader twice, two days in a row. They they come back and win the second game against Toronto on Sunday. They come back and win the doubleheader, uh, split the doubleheader uh, against Chicago uh, with a win in the second game on Monday. Uh, really just sort of a crazy weekend since we last talked to each other with all the weather and the, the craziness, the, the the cancellation and the delay on uh, on Saturday. But you know, when, when all is said and done, they come out 500 on the, in, in four games in the weekend, and, and they really didn't have to burn as much pitching as they thought they would. Yeah, d- definitely, Joe. And, uh, you know, you went through the uh, – you should get some hazard pay for doing Friday's game in, in, a, in gale force winds in a, in a mini uh, tornado. I wasn't, I wasn't out on the field. Those guys deserve the hazard pay. It was just annoying to sit there and watch, uh, you know – basically the whole time sitting there saying, why are they playing baseball in this? But it, you know, it wasn't so bad. I, I just, the, the really frustrating part was why they didn't play on Saturday, but I, I kind of have a, the, the conspiracy theorist in me, the, uh, the guy who, who believes in all the, uh, the wacky uh, theories out there, you know, Tito was going to be gone for his wife, uh, for his, his daughter's uh, youngest daughter's wedding in Newport, Rhode Island all day on Saturday. Uh, I can understand with the threat of rain, why they bagged it, but really it was kind of a genius move because instead of having to play a scheduled, what, uh, 27 innings against the, the, the blue Jays, you only had to play 21. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Oh, I think that was definitely behind it. They wanted to give their pitching some more rest and, uh, you know, I've seen them do that before. I've seen them and cancel games. you didn't have games. to face Toronto's lineup for more. You cut down by, what, six total innings, the number of innings you had yeah. to face their lineup. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that was, you know, I thought that had everything to do with it. I thought that was the driving force behind that. Well, and if that's the case, then all the people who have been emailing me and texting me, uh, their, their rage over the decision to cancel Saturday's game and move it to a doubleheader on Sunday uh, – if it was a if it was a purely baseball uh, driven decision for the benefit of the team, then I kind of see it. Uh, you know, a lot of folks saying, "Oh well, you know, Dolan just wanted people to go down down and, and park on Saturday and pay for all uh, all everything." And I said, <laughs> "Yeah, that that's a bit much." I, I thought that was a bit yeah. of a stretch, but 
as as far as the the way the team handled it, probably not the greatest. No, but, not the greatest. But the outcome for in terms of baseball was probably the best for the Indians. Yeah, I went. I remember Joe. I was on the Zoom call and uh, I went out to walk the dog. Came back and they had the pitching matchups for game one and two. And I'm sitting there. What did I miss here? I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't know. I didn't. They had announced that they had uh, postponed the game. Yeah, you get a text message that says pitching matchups for Sunday's game one and two, and you're like, oh, they added a game on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a confusing time. It was a you know probably for a lot of people a frustrating time, and I get that. But in the end, the Indians got out of it with uh, a split, and you know managed to against two tough offensive lineups to, to preserve some of their pitching. And, and they got some good performances, particularly on Monday. Uh, you got Tristan McKenzie uh, setting an Indians record with eight consecutive strikeouts after giving up four runs in the second inning. Uh, and then you come back with Cal Quantrill, and, and he was pretty outstanding in his, uh, you know, role. Uh, he was limited to 55 to 60 pitches, uh, went three and a third innings or three and two thirds innings. And, and really was outstanding against the White Sox and in, in the Indians win. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, McKenzie, like you said, uh, you know, 10 strikeouts. He ended up with 10 strikeouts in, in five and a third innings. Uh, Quantrill comes back and, you know, longest outing of the year, right? Three and two thirds. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, gives up one run. And, uh, you know, you, you wonder where these guys fit in the, in the rotation as, you know, they go into June here as they turn the calendar turns over, you go into June and uh, who's in this rotation and who's out. Well, you've got Bieber and Savali, you know, that for sure. You've got Henches kind of by default as your top three. And then those other two spots, you've got a mix of JC Mejia, Eli Morgan. We know Morgan's going to make another start uh, in, in this series. Uh, and then you've got Cal Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie. And, and I know that McKenzie was only up as the 27th guy for the, uh, the, the doubleheader. They, they expand the, the roster by one uh, just for the doubleheader. So he's heading back down to Columbus. You know, I wrote this morning, he doesn't know where his next start's going to be. Is it going to be right. in, in an Indians uniform or a Clippers uniform? But it, it's almost like after the last two starts, the emergency start in Detroit and then this one here it's like please don't go we want that Tristan McKenzie here yeah. that's the guy that we signed up for at the beginning of the year and put him in the rotation uh but I, I think he still needs to go down to Columbus and, and get some things straightened out I, and that's really the approach that the Indians look like they're taking here yeah you know this time unless there's another injury hopefully not you know he's got to stay down for at least 10 days uh, you know, but this guy, I mean, what, like you said, Joe, five scoreless against the uh, Tigers uh, last, yesterday was, you know, very good against a tough Chicago team. And, and maybe, you know, th the fact that he did get sent down kind of, you know, the light went on and, but, and he knows he has to work on some things, but I don't think he's going to be down there long to you. I, I, maybe a start, two afford, starts. He can't afford to be down there too long. I mean, it, it's got to be a, a quick trip down and back. Uh, he really looked like he figured something out after that second inning. The what 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 both Tito said and what McKenzie said after in their uh, their Zoom press conferences was that 
you know, one walk didn't derail him and he didn't get in his head about the base runners on base or whatever. He just went at the batter that was there. And, and this is no, you know, B team lineup that he's facing. It's, this is Jose Abreu, Jan Moncada, Yerman Mercedes. He's, he's striking these guys out and, and just trusting that his stuff was good enough to beat these guys. Tristan McKenzie's fastball was beating Jose Abreu yesterday. And, and that's, he needs to remember that. And he needs to sort of lock into that if he's going to be successful the rest of the way out. Yeah, definitely. And, and Quantrill, I think, was exciting as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like three and two thirds. And where does he fit? I know they love his aggressiveness out of the bullpen. And he's really pitched well there. And this was uh, today, this morning, you wrote that he took the same approach mm-hmm. as, as he goes into the game as a, as a reliever as in this start. You know, he didn't throw 40 warm-up pitches. What, he threw about 15, 14, 15 warm-up pitches, played a little catch, and bang, he was in the game and ready to go. And, you know, you saw that aggressiveness that that, uh, he's been – that he's shown, you know, this whole month, really, out of the pen. Yeah, and that's what what both he and Tito said uh, after the games. He he said, you know, I I approached it like I was coming out of the bullpen, and that's what they wanted to see – uh, he threw a little bit before the game, but not too much. And then uh, just stayed at it and went at them aggressively. He did say that, you know, with the idea of starting the game, he did, he, he said he reached into the bucket a little more uh, and, and, you know, threw more curveballs, threw more off speed and, 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 and breaking stuff. But uh, Quantrill's a guy who relies on the movement of his cutter. Uh, he's just got a natural cutting movement to his fastball. Uh, Carl Willis once once said that his uh, what his arm has it's it's been touched by God. It just his uh, it can it, it can make a baseball move uh, in in ways that other people can't. I I gotta believe though that they like him in that relief role and everything that we're hearing. He's getting stretched out more. Obviously, Tito said out to sixty pitches in, in that outing, but I don't know if Quantrill gets another start with all the guys that they they've got. Uh, on the roster right now, do you think they're going to put him in the rotation uh, as on a trial basis? You know, I don't know. They've been very cagey about this. You know, you've also got Eli Morgan, you know, the, who had the unfortunate uh, task yeah. of making his he, big league debut. You've got to eliminate. You've got to eliminate Friday. That that doesn't count for Eli Morgan. I, I, Tito said, "How do you evaluate that outing? You you can't. That was just horrific conditions to make your major league debut." Yeah, so he's going um, uh, Wednesday. He's going tomorrow. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at it the way the, the, the rotation sets up, they, you know, they have an off day Thursday. Then they go to Baltimore for three, and it looks like Savali, Henkes, Henkes and uh, either uh, Quantrell, or, uh, Quantrell or, or Mejia maybe. You know, right, is, is Mejia a possibility? I, I think J.C. Mejia might be a possibility. They've They've sort of been holding him in reserve a lot as well, you know, this past week. I think maybe they give him a shot on Sunday to, to start. That'll be something that we uh, we have to ask Tito about in pregame today. But, yeah, there there are a lot of questions coming out of that weekend uh, about the rotation and and about, you know, what the how things stack up. But Tito said as they get to the following week when there's two off days. I believe there's a Monday off day and a Thursday off day yeah, uh, sandwiched around yeah. that trip to St. Louis. <clears throat> uh, they're going to be able to reset things. And, and that's, that's a good word to use. They just sort of reset and realign things uh, with those two off days. 
And then after that, they play 30 games in 31 days up until the all-star break. And that's, uh, you know, by then they better have their, their rotation sorted out and lined up because there's not going to be a lot of breaks. You're, you're going to start on regular rest and, and who's in the lineup is going to be in the lineup unless there's an injury. Yeah. And, uh, where does Plesak figure into this? Is he just not down for this whole time? You think until the break, or is he a possibility to come back? Maybe at by the end of what? He's three weeks. They said he could start throwing. They said they said every seven every seven to ten days he'd get rechecked. Yeah, I've seen some video of Plesak throwing uh, with a, a little a little brace on his hand. Uh, you know, it's not like he wasn't pitching. He was just sort of doing dry throws and, and movement to keep everything nice and, and, and fluid and loose. But he's, he's a physical specimen. This is a kid. Yeah. Who I don't, I don't think that he's going to need, you know, extra time beyond what they said in order to get back as long as he's healed and he's not experiencing pain and that's not changing what he's able to do in terms of gripping the ball and playing that way. Uh, I got to imagine he could be back in, in a little while, but you've got to be looking at definitely beyond the, the, you know, the next couple of weeks, yeah. probably not until, you know, mid to late June. Right. Yeah. I would think, yeah. Late June. Cause he's going to have to make maybe one, maybe two rehab starts somewhere. Right. You would think, you know, and, and don't be surprised if those rehab starts don't go spectacularly well before, uh, you know, before they call him up, just uh, just to get him out there is is probably the, the the most important thing. Yeah. So I mean, but he's kind of a wild card in this whole thing. I think they've got in the immediate future they're going to have to uh, kind of like you said reset this rotation. Is it Quantro? Is it Mejia? How long does Morgan stay? Is Tristan McKenzie back in the picture after his ten day stay and or maybe two or who knows two, one or two starts at at Columbus. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com and you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the cleveland baseball talk podcast why sign up hear from one of our subscribers i'm uh jeff heinerson i grew up there in milan ohio but i now live out in idaho i've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and i got him as a birthday present uh your subtext and i wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. All right. Well, we've talked about the rotation. We've talked about the 
the pitching uh, ad nauseum here, and it's and it's important. Uh, but the offense and uh, and really the defense was kind of a surprise, big big sort of uh, question mark, and, and sort of you know what what do we see out of these guys? All of a sudden, Cesar Hernandez, who won a Gold Glove last year, uh, can't catch the ball anymore. He made two errors, uh, one in each game yesterday, uh, cost the Indians a run in the in the first game when he couldn't feel a relay throw. Uh, just in general, the defense has been pretty awful this year. Uh, and I, I know Roberto Perez has been out for a while, and, and he would have a, a calming influence on the uh, uh, on the team in terms of defense because you know he's one of the best in the game. But really, they've got a bunch of guys who just can't seem to catch the ball this year. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, guys, you know, playing different positions. You know, you've got uh, Naylor in right field who has has made some strides, but he, you know, he has an occasional, you know, <laughs> takes a bad route sometimes. You know, Rosario is bounced between center and, and shortstop, and uh, you know he's finally back at shortstop, but. You know, he wasn't a great. He wasn't a great shortstop to begin with. Yeah. So. And you know, Ramirez, I think, has made just as many errors as he made all last year. Jose, and you know, he made one uh, in the first game uh, Monday. Uh, Hernandez, I don't know what's going on with him. All of a sudden, he's hitting home runs, lead off home runs, and now he can't catch the ball. So you know, I think they want him to catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's their he's he'll... their power hitting leadoff uh, guy. He doesn't have time to work on his defense. What are you talking about? He's working on his home run stroke uh you know two home runs on two pitches uh including his 16th career leadoff home run uh you, you gotta love what you're seeing out of him uh, at the plate lately uh just defensively just not great uh, these are again this comes with and i think the same could probably be said for ramirez i i admire the guys that play every day that are in the yeah. lineup every day i admire them beyond words because what they do is very hard but it's all it's it's proven it, it, it over and over again give those guys one day off and they come back with a vengeance and they're a, a day off of their feet and they they feel great they everything all the problems that they experience at the plate or in the field or whatever uh don't happen anymore and look i i, I get it you want to play every day just you know sometimes you might just have to be the manager and say look you're off your feet no bat, no throw, just, you know, take a day and then come back, do it before an off day so that you, you can double it up. And then they come back and, and uh, you know, they're better than ever. I, I, I just think maybe hitting a reset button that way would be good for uh, Hernandez and Ramirez. Yeah. The one thing they have been doing is, uh, you know, with Framno Reyes down, they've been passing that DH spot around trying to give these guys a rest, uh, you know, with uh, Ramirez and, Hernandez and those guys, you know, spreading that a little bit around. So, and I, you know, I would not be surprised with Hernandez if he's kind of nursing some kind of injury. This is just me, you know, and he's trying to play through it because this is so uncharacteristic. It's not like him, you know, it's not like the guy we've seen, you know, for, well, we saw him for 60 games last year and, you know, all of the bulk of this season. So uh, he, he, you know, to see him struggle defensively is, is unusual. Right. Uh, we've seen Bradley Zimmer uh, for a couple of games over the weekend. He came uh, came back up uh, while they were in Detroit last week. Uh, he's going to give you good defense in center field, but uh, really he used his speed. He used his legs. This is a guy who's finally you know healthy now, just sort of trying to work his way back into things. 
uh, beats out an infield hit for an RBI in the first game yesterday, uh, has an RBI single on a line drive in the second game. Uh, just uh, an all-around good day for Bradley Zimmer yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Like he said, you know, on the Zoom call, he's got a great opportunity here uh, to kind of, you know, reestablish his career. And, uh, you know, hopefully he does it. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been down this path before with, with, with Zim. Uh, we've, we've, you know, seen many comebacks and, you know, uh, step forward to step back. So hopefully, you know, he's got, he's, he's finally healthy and, you know, he can, uh, he can help this ball club because I think he can, Joe. I think he's like, we saw the speed, uh, you know, we know, uh, you know, he's, he can cover center field and, uh, you know, we just, uh, he's just has to play, you know, we've just got to see him over a stretch of games and see how he performs. Right. Uh, the Indians 12 and 12 in April, 17 and 12 in May. Uh, and really they're right now where they started at the, the beginning of the series with, uh, with Chicago three and a half games back uh, in first place in the AL Central, but also hanging on to the, the second wildcard spot. Yeah, you know, and then you, it's just a shame they couldn't have got that first game in the uh, yesterday. You know, they were they had they were in position to win it. And then, uh, you know, Karen check had the, you know, the bad inning. Um, and that's uh, what two two in a row for him, right? Uh, didn't he give up the? I don't think I don't think there was two in a row, but that's uh, in a in a safe situation. Yes, that's yeah. That's he gave up. He gave up a home run late, but I mean that's to be expected, I think. And, yeah, but, I, I think Karen Check set a standard so high over his first, you know, maybe season and a half of of being out there and and not giving up any runs. He's still striking out, you know, twenty three guys per nine innings, so it's uh, not too bad, but. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez, 16 RBIs in the, in the month of May. I think that's, uh, you know, interesting. Just his, his production is, has not wavered. Uh, hits another big home run yesterday, even with Fran Mil Reyes out of the lineup, he's, he's still sort of the, the centerpiece of that offense. Yeah. You know, and they're, you know, they, they split two double headers, you know, over the weekend, or I mean, uh, you know, uh, Sunday and Monday, and he drives in the uh, winning run in each of them, you know, he had to sacrifice fly, in game two on uh, Sunday in the uh, seventh inning to win it, the walk-off, and uh, had the home run in the third inning uh, in the second game Monday, which proved to be the uh, difference in, in the ball game in a 3-1 win. So it's, it's amazing that this guy just keeps hitting, Joe. And uh, I think he's four, he uh, moved past Grady Sizemore. He's on the 14th on the Indians' all-time home run list. He's, got, he's tied with uh, Castellanos. Uh, uh, for the most extra base hits in, in since 2017 in the mm -hmm. big leagues. I mean, and uh, I think he's tied with the Brayu for the most home runs, 30 home runs uh, in the big league since 2020. So, you know, not bad for a uh, one-time utility player. He's uh, right. You know, a little guy here that didn't expect to be a power hitter as well. All right. Before we wrap up here, uh, I got to mention, did you see, uh, Padres uh, outfielder Mauricio Dubon uh, celebrate his home run uh, yesterday by crossing home plate and doing the sword celebration that Trevor Bauer has sort of adopted uh, when he gets a, when Bauer gets a, a batter to, to check swing strike three. Uh, he does the, the little sword movement like he's putting a sword in its hilt uh, inspired by pitching ninja Rob Friedman on, uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, Bowers sort of uh, adopted this and, and Dubon was mocking him, making fun of him as he crossed home plate. Uh, 
you know, that's obviously Padres Dodgers rivalry, but what do you think about the, the little celebrations now and these little things? It, it, what's, what's something that you've seen, you know, in your years of covering uh, this game that, that sort of harkens back to that. Anybody ever have like any sort of old, uh, you know, signature moves like that, that you, you can recall? Yeah. I remember the one time uh, Prince Fielder, when he was playing for Milwaukee, hit a home run and uh, came around the bases and uh, all his teammates were surrounded home plate and Prince Fielder, you know, weighed about 280, I think. Yeah, like, stocky little dude. Yeah. 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 Jumped, jumped up and landed on the plate and everybody fell down. Like uh, it was an explosion. They all fell down like bowling pins. It was pretty funny. I, that's the thing that kind of sticks out in my mind. But what about the mad Hungarian? He had his, his the mad thing. Hungarian. Yeah. Uh, Al Habrowski, when he would get, he would, he would go behind the mound and psych himself up. I think, God, he, he, that was fun. That was fun to watch. I remember watching him at the old stadium do that. That was like, he, he looked like he was going to bite your head off. And and you've got like, yeah, guys, like relief pitchers, like who's the the one that, uh, that shoots the bow and arrows that Fernando Rodney did that. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's so, right. So, you know, there's, everybody has their own, their own thing. You know, if, if Bauer wants to adopt the, the sword uh, m- uh, movement, that the, whatever, right? It's just another thing. But... Bauer's got so many things going on, though. I, I mean, does he have to go through a checklist every time he throws a pitch? We could make a podcast every day just about all the crazy stuff that he does. So uh, we're not going to get into that, but we are going to get into uh, the Indians and the White Sox game three of the series uh, tonight at the ballpark. We'll be back. Um, actually, no, the afternoon game tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday to wrap things up uh, from that series and look forward to uh, the first trip to Baltimore. Wednesday, we'll talk to you then on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.